the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us then confess our sins to God our Father. Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart we have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us, forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Almighty God in his mercy has given his Son to die for you, and for his sake forgives you all your sins. As a called and ordained servant of Christ, I therefore forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.
In peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. Amen. Glory to God in the highest and peace to his people on earth. people grace to withstand the temptations of the devil, and with pure hearts and minds to follow you, the only God, through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. The Old Testament reading for the 17th Sunday after Trinity is recorded in Proverbs chapter 25. Do not exalt yourself in the presence of the king, and do not stand in the place of the great. For it is better that he say to you, come up here than that you should be put lower in the presence of the prince whom your eyes have seen. Do not go hastily to court, for what will you do in the end when your neighbor has put you to shame? Debate your case with your neighbor, and do not disclose the secret to another, lest he who hears it expose your shame and your reputation be ruined. 
A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in settings of silver, like an earring of gold and an ornament of fine gold is a wise rebuker to an obedient ear. Like the cold of snow in time of harvest is a faithful messenger to those who send him, for he refreshes the soul of his masters. Whoever falsely boasts of giving is like clouds and wind without rain. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
The epistle is recorded in St. Paul's letter to the Ephesians, chapter 4. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long-suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is above all and through all and in you all. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 14th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Now it happened as Jesus went into the house of one of the rulers of the Pharisees to eat bread on the Sabbath, that they watched him closely. And behold, there was a certain man before him who had dropsy. And Jesus, answering, spoke to the lawyers and Pharisees, saying, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? But they kept silent. And he took him and healed him and let him go. Then he answered them, saying, Which of you, having a donkey or an ox that has fallen into a pit, will not immediately pull him out on the Sabbath? And they could not answer him regarding these things. So he told a parable to those who were invited. When he noted how they chose the best places, saying to them, When you are invited by anyone to a wedding feast, do not sit down in the best place, lest one more honorable than you be invited by him. And he who invited you and him come and say to you, Give place to this man. And then you begin with shame to take the lowest place. But when you are invited, go and sit down in the lowest place, so that when he who invited you comes, he may say to you, Friend, go up higher. Then you will have glory in the presence of those who sit at the table with you. For whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ.
name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. As Jesus went into the house of one of the rulers of the Pharisees to eat bread on the Sabbath, they watched him closely. And behold, there was a certain man before him who had dropsy. And Jesus, answering, spoke to the lawyers and Pharisees, saying, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? But they kept silent, and he took him and healed him, and let him go. This is the word of the Lord. The Pharisees are the notorious villains in the scriptures, aren't they? Especially in the New Testament, in the ministry of Jesus. We love to hate them. Those wretched, self-righteous Pharisees. They worship themselves. They believe that they were better than anyone else. They thought they had kept God's law. They were arrogant, and they despised others who were not as good as they were. They trusted in their own works for salvation. We love to hate the Pharisees, beat up on them, smash them around. They argued with Jesus. They tried to trap Jesus in his own words. They believed that Jesus was destroying the law of God by the mercy he so freely gave to those whom they did not believe were deserving of this mercy. So I shall say something that might sound shocking. Jesus did not hate the Pharisees. He loved them. Could our eagerness to despise the Pharisees come from a similar form of pharisaical self-righteousness on our part that we find so distasteful in them. Lord, have mercy upon us. Jesus loved the Pharisees. In today's gospel, he entered the house of one of the rulers of the Pharisees to eat bread on the Sabbath, He could not have entered the house without an invitation being sent to him. And that fact alone should give us pause. Why did Jesus accept the invitation? Why did he enter into the house on the Sabbath? The house of a ruler of the Pharisees, of all people. He loved them. And he desired their salvation just as much as he desired the salvation of tax collectors and other notorious sinners. The good news of what Jesus did upon the cross is not only for those who know that they are broken and spiritually worthless. It is also for those who do not believe that they have any need for Jesus at all. In today's gospel, Jesus demonstrates the love of God for all sinners, even the self-righteous Pharisees, 
that we find so easy to dismiss and despise. As usual, the Pharisees watched him very closely. They didn't believe in the mercy he preached, and they desired to trap him in some sort of contradiction with the law. A certain man was there. He had dropsy. It's a lovely term, isn't it? It's a biblical term for congestive heart failure that resulted in the swelling of one's extremities. Luke records that Jesus answered them. Hmm, curious. He answered them. What was the question? They hadn't asked him anything. They were simply watching him closely. But Jesus knew their hearts. He knew their question. What is he going to do that violates the law? Then we've got him. They were watching him because they wanted to know. He's violated Sabbath laws before. Will he do it again? You are not to work on the Sabbath. It is against the law. We are not working on the Sabbath. We are keeping the law. What are you doing, Jesus, to break our Sabbath laws? That was their unspoken question. So Jesus answers them with his own question. Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? It is as if he were saying, is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath? But they kept silent. How typical. Unwilling to let their yes be yes or their no, no. But Jesus answers his own question. He takes the sick man, heals him, and sets him free from his affliction. He could now walk again without getting out of breath. He could work again without being fatigued. Perhaps he ran out of the house of the synagogue singing the praises of the Lord. He could live again. Jesus did good on the Sabbath because that is what the Sabbath is about. The Pharisees had made not working on the Sabbath a work by which they believed they earned God's favor by not working. And then they could exalt themselves over others who were so impious as to do work on the Sabbath. What is the Sabbath really about? The call to avoid work on the Sabbath was given so that man might learn that his salvation and his life entirely come from God apart from his own work, as God created all things out of nothing by his word that is the source of life, so the gift of salvation can only come by God's working. In his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, who by the word delivers such Sabbath rest and peace and new life to us. God gave the Sabbath so that he might work in us. And Jesus did this for the man afflicted with dropsy. And he wanted to do the same for the Pharisees. 
That's why Jesus went into the ruler's house on the Sabbath. He was not afraid to meet the Pharisees on their own terms and in the ruler's own home. Even though they hated him, he loved them. After healing the man with dropsy, Jesus reaches out to them again, saying, which of you, having a donkey or an ox that has fallen into a pit, will not immediately pull him out on the Sabbath? And again, they could not answer him because they knew the truth. They would have done this. They had done such things. But they could not answer because had they answered, they would have betrayed the very reason why they hated Jesus in the first place. I think we should find it so very interesting that Jesus does not pound on them. He attempted to meet them on their own terms in a way that they could understand, identifying with them the things that they thought and the things that they did. They would have pulled their donkey or their ox out of the pit. And when Jesus raises this rhetorical question to them, it is as if he were simply saying, are not you, are not sinners, worth more than a donkey or an ox? And of course they are. Again, Jesus does not give up. Even though they remain silent, he told them a parable. He noted how they all took the best places when they came to this Sabbath meal. He said, when you are invited by anyone to a wedding feast, do not sit down in the best place, lest one more honorable than you be invited, and he who invited you and him come and say to you, give the best place to this man. And then you begin with shame to take the lowest place. Again, I think it is stunning that Jesus did not want to shame them, even though they deserved to be shamed. Instead, he gives them counsel that flows forth not from a self-righteous heart, but rather from a heart that believes in the grace of God for the lowliest and most unworthy of sinners. When you are invited, he says to them, go and sit down in the lowest place so that when he who invited you comes, he may say to you, friend, go up higher. Then you will have glory in the presence of those who sit at the table with you. How marvelous is this? Is this not what Jesus does for us every week? here in this place, in the divine service, in the wedding feast of the Lamb. He invites us, and when we confess our sins, we take the very lowest place, crying out to him, Lord, have mercy upon us. And what does he do? In the holy absolution, he exalts us to the place of honor, and he seats us at his side at the table of the Lord. 
friends, sit with me. That's what he says. That's what he was doing with the Pharisees in their self-righteousness and pride, calling them to repentance, calling them friends for whom he would lay down his life, even though they regarded him as an enemy. Friend, sit with me. It is as if he were saying, let go of your self-righteousness and pride. Come to the feast. I would not have had such patience with the Pharisees, but Jesus gently invites them to repent of their self-righteousness and embrace the very mercy and forgiveness that they disdained in him. And every single day of our lives, he invites us to do the same. As Lutherans, we sometimes speak of the law of God as a hammer that crushes self-righteousness and pride. And we are right to do so. But what we learn in today's gospel is that even when Jesus uses the law, he does so not to damn the sinner, but to save the sinner. He preaches the law not as an end in itself out of anger and bitterness, but for the sake of the gospel, to call us away from self-reliance to his mercy which alone gives Sabbath rest. And with this same love, he reaches out to you. In the name of Jesus. Amen. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen. Let us confess the faith with the Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary, and was made man, and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried, and the third day he rose again according to the scriptures, and ascended into heaven, and sits at the right hand, and he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen.
In our prayers this morning, I especially highlight prayer for the family of Irma Silfo, our sister in Christ. Irma died this past week. Her funeral will be tomorrow here at Peace. Visitation is at 12.30, service at 1.30. The committal service will be held at Emanuel Cemetery in Adel, Wisconsin. Let us pray for the whole people of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. For the saints who offer here their worship and praise, that they would walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which they've been called, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For Donald Schultz, Benjamin Volkortsen, Patty Rolthy, John Franklin, Sarah Uttenreither, John Leiter, Lois Scafidi, Philip Gelbach, Deborah Christofferson, Russell Sawatsky, Rachel Haga, and Jim Wallen celebrating baptismal birthdays this week, that God would guard and keep them in the true faith against every assault of the evil one and preserve them unto life everlasting in the joy of their salvation. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the church throughout the world, that she would be eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace, in the face of persecution and the threat of martyrdom, let us pray to the Lord. For the Lord of the harvest to send workers into his vineyard, and for all pastors in Christ, that they would be kept steadfast in the word, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For Dave and Anna Steinhill, Kent and Christine Franklin, Ted and Kristen Dine, Dean and Christy Hertzberg, Don and Jeannie Schultz, celebrating wedding anniversaries, that rooted and grounded in the love of Christ their Savior, they may be faithful in their marriage vows until death parts them. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For all parents, that they would love and nurture their children as our own Heavenly Father loves us and provides for all our needs. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the catechesis in our congregation, for young and old, that the word of God would be taught faithfully and that we would continue to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ and in fervent love toward others, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the nations of the world, that those who have been placed in authority would serve with wisdom, seek to preserve life, and work for peace according to the rule of law and for the benefit of all, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, for the sick, suffering, mentally ill, lonely, and depressed, and for all who have requested our prayers, including Mike Murphy, friend of the Schumachers, hospitalized and recovering from extensive surgery for cancer, Louise Bollmeyer in therapy at Pro Health Rehab Hospital, Lenny Schralt in treatment for Parkinson's disease and other ailments, Carl Stemke in therapy after a stroke, Jeremy LaFour and his family as he battles ALS. David Berger receiving in-home therapy following the trauma of brain surgery. 
Brian Neonador, Roger Laubenstein, Harlan Peterson, and Allison Witte in treatment for cancer. President Trump and the First Lady being treated for COVID-19. That they would receive healing and patience according to God's holy will. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For those who mourn, especially the family of our sister Irma, that they would receive the comfort of the Holy Spirit and so rejoice in the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. We continue with the singing of the offertory. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give him thanks and praise. It is truly good, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord who out of love for his fallen creation, humbled himself by taking on the form of a servant, becoming obedient unto death, even death upon a cross. Risen from the dead, he has freed us from eternal death and given us life everlasting. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and saying, Blessed are you, Lord of heaven and earth, for you have had mercy on those whom you created. 
and sent your only begotten Son into our flesh to bear our sin and be our Savior. With repentant joy, we receive the salvation accomplished for us by the all-availing sacrifice of his body and his blood on the cross. Gathered in the name and the remembrance of Jesus, we beg you, O Lord, to forgive. Renew and strengthen us with your word and spirit. Grant us faithfully to eat his body and drink his blood, as he bids us do in his own testament. Gather us together, we pray, from the ends of the earth, to celebrate with all the faithful the marriage feast of the Lamb in his kingdom, which has no end. Graciously receive our prayers, deliver and preserve us. To you alone, O Father, be all glory, honor, and worship with the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
body and blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, strengthen and preserve you, body and soul, in the true faith, which life everlasting. Depart in peace.
Let us pray. Gracious God, our Heavenly Father, you have given us a foretaste of the feast to come in the Holy Supper of your Son's body and blood. Keep us firm in the true faith throughout our days of pilgrimage, that on the day of his coming we may, together with all your saints, celebrate the marriage feast of the Lamb and his kingdom, which has no end. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen. Amen. Welcome to the Divine Service, special welcome to our guests from the Cantate Choir who are here. A couple of announcements this week on Tuesday, first Tuesday of the month, we have uh, the family prayer instructional meeting at 6.30. This is not only open to parents in helping them do the Sunday school lessons at home, it's also open to anyone and we will be covering the weekly lessons uh, from now leading on into November, 6.30, Tuesday night. Uh, this little yellow sheet here, do you want to talk about this or shall I? I can, okay. Uh, fish fry relaunch. Uh, Drive-through, carry-out only. There'll be no inside dining, but people are to come around and drive through the drive way 
ordering at the academy entrance, paying at the church entrance under the canopy, going around and parking, and like Culver's, you'll have a number, who bring, you know, that's true, uh, bring uh, the, the dinners to your car. So you've got the, uh, the new menu there, and this Friday is for congregational members only, or your guests, I mean, you can obviously do that. Just from five to six, uh, we're doing French fries, uh, for the first time, there's been a hewn cry for that. So they're, they're wanting to give the, uh, the kitchen help uh, a, um, a week, a Friday, for an hour to test them out, knowing that the members will be very understanding and lenient. You know? And then the 23rd of October will be uh, open to the general public, the relaunch. And if all goes well... The Academy will probably be hosting a fish fry perhaps more often than once a month. Is that fair enough? So we'll see how it goes this week. So congregation only on the 9th, general public on the 23rd. We have our Lutheran Day School. It's theological foundation and practice uh, during Bible class today. Don't forget to pick up uh, um, the kind of orangish-colored booklet for Bible class. Thank you and have a good week.